Welcome back. The Hammerdown Show is on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. Of course, you can check us out uh, on the app. It's free in the App Store. And uh, don't forget about uh, Alexa. Tell Alexa to play 1017 The Hammer. We're going to go over to our Hammerhead hotline. We're going to bring in Colby Dent of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, this guy does a tremendous job, especially in areas of college basketball, college football. They have the College Basketball Experience, the College Football Experience podcast, uh, which uh, are great listens to, too. Uh, so make sure you check them out on uh, all your favorite podcast networks. Colby, it's great to have you on, my man. I feel like I owe you a bit of an apology here. Yesterday on your uh, college basketball experience, you're, you're, pick, you're Mr. Pick Dundee. I get that. And you took our Boilermakers in that 38 and a half. Come up a little bit short. Uh, you did not factor, factor in that Carson Cunningham was just going to have an amazing uh, cardigan on. I think that's what did the Boilermakers in on the cover last night. Yeah, and, uh, thanks for having me on. And, and uh, look, we pick every single game on the college basketball experience and college football experience. So I was forced. I don't like those gigantic spreads. But I had just watched Purdue destroy Butler, uh, and, and I just thought, okay, well, I, I, Incarnate Word's been on automatic fade for me pretty much most of the year. And, uh, yeah, I mean, some, that's the problem with the big spreads and obviously the, uh, the, the inside Iggy with the coaching. Well, then, too, this is hard for you this time of the year because you also have to deal with the COVID, right? I mean, I know it's very prevalent now in the professional leagues, but you know – all these kids going back for – we do have some cancellations, but the kids are all going to go travel for the holidays and come back, and, and Lord knows how that's going to go. Uh, this has been – if you're a handicapper, you're making these picks. Th this has been just a heck of a couple of years to try to lock these things in, hasn't it? Oh, man, last year – I mean, look, we've been picking – me and my co-host have been picking uh, every single college football and college basketball game for like five years. Mm -hmm. And last year was uh, I've been we've been over 500 both of us independently with our locks and picking every game, uh, most of the time way over 500. But last year it got I had to sweat out. I had to really sweat out, especially college football. I think college basketball was better to do, but college football when you were they weren't releasing the injury reports, so they so you would find out you would uh, handicap a game and then you find out 35 players are out from Minnesota and you're like okay. <laughs> So, uh, so I, I got over the hump, though. That's all that matters. And, uh, yeah, so I feel like we're, we're kind of used to this. This is the third college basketball season that has been affected by COVID, believe it or not. If it makes you feel any better, uh, I lost to my four-year-old in, in Big Ten picks last year for the football season. She hit, like, at a 74% clip. It was money line, but still, for a four-year-old, pretty darn impressive. She went 69% this year, so a little bit of a downturn, uh, but still – yeah, like I said, if it makes you feel any better, buddy, uh, that's the type of year it was. You got to get her on the show, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? She loves to say Rutgers, so she picks big on Rutgers, and uh, she sticks to the classics. She likes Purdue, and uh, uh, what she wrote Ohio State a lot too. That that helps her out a bunch. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that, all that hard work we put into it. And a four-year-old on a whim just likes to say certain teams and uh, beat you. That's uh, that's always really healthy for the ego, isn't it? I mean, I can't tell you how many times uh, growing up, you know, I'm one of five guys. I'm the youngest, and, you know, we would always have all of our friends playing in the March Madness NCAA tournament pool. And my mom would win it almost. I mean, she won it like <laughs> half the time. I'm like, why do we even we invest all this time in the sport, and my mom's winning it just off picking names she likes. <sighs> That's how they get you, man. Well, hey, big bowl season going on right now for football. Uh, we add in another layer to this with the guys that are going to be, uh, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and, and work on the draft stuff, which is understandable to me. 
But at the same time, it does impact how you're going to do things. And I think it impacts our Music City Bowl with our beloved Boilermakers taking on Tennessee. Two very, very big pieces stepping out, and David Bell and George Karloftis uh, against the Volunteers. Makes sense of why this line has already uh, you know, continued to grow in Tennessee's favor, but has it grown enough for you to be able to take Purdue and the points? It has, and and look, I mean, I know uh, another thing. I, th- I guess you could add into the transfer portal. I know Jack Plummer wasn't uh, the main guy, but he got some experience. Uh, he's, uh, you know, I know he transferred out to Cal, but uh, yeah, I, I like Purdue here, and I think as we saw it when Rondell Morris, you know, was out and injured, and David Bell stepped up, and Jeff Brown's got this offense really going, I mean, and, and that's never been the problem. The real thing they went out and did was get Brad Lambert from Marshall mm-hmm. as a defensive coordinator, and they went from 89th in the country, now granted that was in a six-game season only against Big Ten opponents, uh, to 30th in the nation. And Tennessee on the other side, now kudos to Josh Heupel, but and uh, they're ahead of schedule to me with that Hendon Hooker transfer from Virginia Tech. But I still think the SEC East, was way down. I was all over Alabama beating Georgia in the uh, in the SEC championship. Mainly, that's not to Georgia's fault, and that's not to Tennessee's fault. But I felt like South Carolina, uh, Kentucky, even with Kentucky's you know decent record, Vanderbilt, and and, so, and uh, some of the other teams in the in the SEC in general, I thought were were down. I know that sounds crazy because the SEC we know is this great football conference, most uh, most draft picks year after year, but. I really feel like Vandy, South Carolina, Florida were 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 kind of easy wins this year. I know Tennessee lost to Florida, but um, I do think they're doing good. But I just think it's too many points. I think Purdue has an offense that can line up even without David Bell and score points. Jeff Brom is is, is a master at that. I feel like so whether it's leaning on Milton Wright, whether it's leaning on on Sheffield, whatever they have to do, I think they'll have success against Tennessee's defense. So I, I kind of see a, kind of a shootout here. And if anything, I, I like Purdue's defense to make the, some of the big plays to win this game. So I, I like the points. I also like the money line play. Nice. No concern about Purdue uh, playing what will essentially be a home game for Tennessee in Nashville. I mean, really got bruised over on this uh, bowl location, but it is what it is. got to think it's going to be a pretty pro Vols crowd. No worries about that? That is the biggest worry. That is the biggest worry because I've been down to Knoxville in, in these games, and I thought, you know, I I, I thought that was kind of nonsense that, that they they put them in the Music City Bowl um, because that is a home game. I mean, that Knoxville is not that far from Nashville. That is the real concern. But I still think this is a game, and with the points, I I, I just think that Purdue it, it, that's that's the side you got to be on because I think Purdue is the flat out on a neutral site, not in Tennessee. I do think Purdue is the better football team. Now, obviously, this place is probably going to be, I would assume, 95% Tennessee fans, if not more. Um, so how do you adjust your handicap there? Okay, well, maybe Tennessee wins by a field goal. But I still think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride the money line personally, and I'm going to take the four and a half. All right, let's take a look at some of the other Big Ten games. Uh, the whole slate for the Big Ten kicks off on Tuesday next week. West Virginia and Minnesota. Uh, we feel certain ways about Minnesota around here. It, it is what it is. P.J. Fleck is, uh, I don't know if I'm putting it politely, an acquired taste. But despite the fact that they lost some, you know, the rushing game very early on in the season, they somehow still made it to eight wins on the year. They take on a West Virginia team that seems down. Minnesota, four-and-a-half-point favorite. You like the Golden Gophers? 
this is a tough one because I, I, I was bullish on West Virginia coming into the season, and they were an extreme, I would say maybe out of every Power 5 school, I felt like that was one of the hardest reads throughout the season. And that's kind of been the way Neil Brown's tenure in Morgantown has gone. But um, I, I lean Minnesota. I think P.J. Fleck, another thing P.J. Fleck went out and did, and he hired, he hired uh, West Virginia's offensive uh, offensive analyst at, at, at the past uh, in 2019. So he just recently hired him, I think maybe trying to get some intel on, uh, on, on the Mountaineers' offense. But, um, yeah, I think Minnesota is the better team, and they're the more consistent team. Now, I, I, I was shocked that Tanner Morgan's, struggles passing the ball so that is concerning West Virginia's defense under Neil Brown has been actually pretty solid uh so I, I lean Minnesota here just because of the un- the inconsistency in West Virginia it's not one of my favorite plays but uh give, give me uh, the Gophers and let me row that boat uh, I know that you guys, you guys don't like to hear that but eh. I'm rough I mean look I'm more on I feel like I want to be more on the over at 45 because that seems abysmally low for a college football game uh, to be played here in prime time on ESPN but is that set about right you think yeah I, I would lean over too definitely yeah it seems low I, I'm not even gonna bother with Maryland and Virginia Tech because if you're watching that you've got some issues I think uh, <laughs> my most interesting bowl game to me was Pitt and Michigan State but now no Kenny Pickett no Kenneth Walker the third. So, uh, look, you lose your starting quarterback. I, I feel like that should be a big swing in favor of Michigan State right now. So, And they're only sitting at two and a half. But they're not going to have Addison either, right, Pitt? Uh, I mean, that's the whole daggone offense is done. This should be an easy Michigan State game, right? Yeah, and uh, they're not going to have Mark Whipple either. They yeah. also fired <laughs> away by Nebraska. And Damari Mathis, uh, their top cornerback, opted out too. Um Look, this is why we need a large playoff. This is it's it's a it's a shame. But I know Michigan State doesn't have Kenneth Walker, but uh, I this game in a way and I feel very strongly about. It. I think it's one of the better plays you can do is take Michigan State. Um, it's just a, a, to me a no brainer now when you talk about Whipple being gone, which I think is is a huge piece in. Uh, you remember the offenses at Pitt uh, pre Mark Whipple, they were not very great. Mm-hmm. So now you have Kenny Pickett, a six year senior. He's sitting out, 42 touchdowns, seven interceptions. You got your top corner. You got they're banged up at wide receiver. Uh, I think you have to take Michigan State here, regardless of Kenneth Walker being out. I just think that they're 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 the team that also, I, from a momentum standpoint, and what they're bringing in and what they're doing. Mel Tucker just in, in I I consider it really like year and a year and a half in because of that short schedule last year. I think Michigan State is 100 percent the play. Penn State takes on Arkansas. Uh, that game, a one-point favorite right now for Penn State. I, I don't know what to make of the Nittany Lions this year. They have been disappointing. Uh, it, very up and down. Um, you know, Dotson was great. Clifford is okay. Um, but, you know, Arkansas coming out of the SEC here, Outback Bowl. I, I, I'm kind of leaning Razorbacks a little bit on this one. I, I don't know why. This feels like a gut feeling to me. You know, this is this is actually one of the more intriguing matchups. I think um, we saw, you know, James Franklin. Everyone was calling for him to go to Florida or LSU or USC, and he, you know, he re-ups and gets this big contract. And Sean Clifford announces he's coming back for, uh, you know, using that extra year of eligibility with COVID. Uh, and at the same time, Sam Pittman. I mean, what a great story! I thought the SEC dealt them just an absolute murderer's row schedule-wise, and for them to get to where they are. 
really impressive. But I do lean Penn State. I think Penn State's actually better than their record indicates. Um, I, I, Sean Clifford, I, I've been concerned a little bit about the offensive line of Penn State throughout the season. But I just think in general, uh, you know, you look back at some of those losses. I thought, the, I thought Penn State played Ohio State well. Um, that obviously they got the win on the road uh, against uh, against Wisconsin, and then I even thought they played Michigan well. They kind of had a crumble. I mean, cr- like I felt like maybe what five minutes left in the fourth. I feel like most people were thinking Penn State was going to get that win. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Penn State uh, to get that win, just because I think they're the overall better team. Now, I do think Arkansas should definitely be excited about. It. They just landed a big recruiting class too. But at the end of the day, I'll go with James Franklin back in his old neck of the woods in the SEC coaching. We're talking with Colby Dant from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network here going through these Big Ten Bowl games, trying to get you the edge, make you a little bit of money throughout the holidays here. Iowa and Kentucky. Now, you told me a little bit earlier you, you weren't big on this uh, SEC East. You weren't big on you know a team like Kentucky. Not to say that they weren't any good, but uh, Iowa, with that great defense that they have, kind of struggled a little bit on offense. Does Iowa have the edge here? You got the Wildcats minus three right now at uh, all the books. Who, who do you like in this matchup? I like uh, as much as I said, like, hey, I think Kentucky. Kudos, kudos for their great season for by Kentucky standards. That's a really good season. And uh, but at the same time, uh, Iowa's offense has been, especially away from Iowa City, I, I I just can't take it. I can't take it. So I, I Will Levis to me coming over from Penn State to Kentucky. Now their passing attack wasn't wasn't great by any means this year, but it was improved, believe it or not, va- like vastly improved from the year prior. Uh, and I think that will probably be the difference in the game here is I trust Will Levis more than I do with whoever, I, whether it's Petrus, whether it's uh, P- Padilla. Um, I just think Iowa's offense hasn't shown me enough, especially outside of Iowa City. Give me the Wildcats to, to cover that one. I'm going to gloss over Ohio State and Utah because we're running out of time, but I do want to get this last one here, the big one, Georgia and Michigan. Uh, you know, Dogs are eight-point favorite in this one. Of course, Michigan finally getting over that up, beating Ohio State, winning the Big Ten championship. You know, Harbaugh's all jacked. I'm sure he's probably not even wearing a shirt and just khakis right now around the office, but uh, what odds here? I can they win that game against Georgia, or, or do you feel like you got to take those eight points? I mean, I, I like both angles there. I like taking the eight. I, I do think they can win that game. I think Georgia, to me, and maybe I, all year on my show, uh, even my co-hosts were, were all on Georgia, and I, I, I refuse to buy in all the way because of their problems at quarterback. Uh, Stetson Bennett is a guy that, uh, no disrespect to him, I think he's gotten better as a, uh, from last year. But I still think they're a complete liability at the quarterback spot. And until I see otherwise, it, I, I can't say I feel comfortable. They, they played a really bad schedule as far as offenses. Now, it's not their fault. Who could have known Clemson would have been the 95th best offense in the country? We would have never. None of us would have forecasted that. But when you look at it, Vanderbilt was the 118th offense in the country. South Carolina was the 120th offense. Clemson, 95th, UAB, 79th, Auburn, 63rd, Missouri, 59th, Georgia Tech, 92nd, South Carolina State in the FCS was 74th. Um, uh, they haven't played many good offenses. and many. So I, I was not shocked at all when they – I was on Alabama on the money line. And I still think there's a, a big question. And I think what we saw at Alabama when they rattled them, uh, Stetson Bennett, that is, they put pressure on them. And, and 
Georgia's wide receivers, to me, are a little bit of a weakness. Uh, also, they're secondary. And what does Michigan have? They have a great pass rush. So I think they're going to be able to really make a, a tough day for Stetson Bennett. Now, maybe they go with JT Daniels. Maybe that's the, 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 that, that could be you know uh, something that I'm not forecasting, that I'm like, okay, well, I think Daniels is a better thrower. But until I see otherwise, I think you take Michigan and, a, a, and the points, and I would sprinkle some on the money line. I think they can win this game. Colby Dan for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Again, his uh, college basketball and college football experiences podcasts are chock full of winners. you got to be listening to those. And you guys are on all the platforms, right? I mean, it's next to impossible not to find these things, like things like Spotify, uh, like Apple, I think. Plus, if you just get the app, it's all right there in the app. That's the easy part about it, Colby. Exactly. Grab that SGPN app. We're on uh, Twitter and Instagram, uh, the College Football Experiences, uh, at TCE on SGPN. So, uh, you know, if you any any gambling advice, give those a follow, and then we'll steer you in the right direction. It's better than just fading me all the time, which is profitable, but these guys are the real experts at it, so make sure you check them out. Colby, Dan, hey, buddy, a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much. Anytime. I appreciate you having me on the show, and I want you guys to have a wonderful Christmas. And by the way, a Christmas story I was watching this. That's from uh, Hammond, Indiana. So I'll, yep. I'll be uh, I'll be tuning in on uh, Christmas Eve with the wife watching uh, some some Indiana 